past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello, and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad to have you here today. And we are talking with Dr. Don Graham, who is the career director for the Executive MBA program at the Warden School, University of Pennsylvania. And she's also the author of Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success. So as you know, if you've been listening into the show, Career Confidant is all about giving you the tips and tools that you need to take control of your own career. And I've had the opportunity to hear uh, Don talk at one of our recent clubhouse rooms. So I'm excited because I know today you're going to get some practical information that you can use to help your clients change careers if you're a career pro or to change careers yourself if you are a job seeker. So, Don, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Marie. Excited to be here. Yes, yes, yes. And we've talked a little bit about the future of work on this show. That's one of my favorite topics. But we are always looking at what's going on in the job market and the employment market right now. And how do we, you know, how do we keep our pulse on that? So I'm glad that that was one of the things that you love to talk about as well. And let's just dive in there. What is happening in the market as you see it right now? Yeah, I don't think that topic ever gets old, especially this year. So I think a lot of people have heard the term by now, the great reshuffle or the great resignation. I actually heard a a (laughs) called work quake today, which was interesting. But I think one of the things we're looking forward to in the immediate future is a major reshuffling of talent. The last year has given people the opportunity to work differently, the opportunity to reassess their values, their goals, and to really think about how work fits into their life and what they want to do. And so because of that, we're going to see a lot of people making new decisions about their careers in the next six to 12 months. So um, so I think that's one of the most exciting things is that we're going to see a lot of people switching careers, whether that's out of desire or in some cases it's due to need because of industry changes. And I think people are going to get on a path that's a lot more fulfilling for them, whether that means more meaningful work or whether that means a schedule that allows them to spend time with their families or pursue other interests. People are really looking at how work fits into their lives as an individual and making choices around how to create a situation that's unique and works for them. Yeah, and this is, um, so last week, maybe two weeks ago, the first half of the show, we had a great career coach, uh, Carol Parker Walsh, and she was talking about her points of helping people get unstuck. And then I spent the last half of the show talking about this article from the Harvard Business Review on existential crisis and how leaders could help their team members through this existential crisis. But it's very interesting because it's not just a market force that's causing these shifts. It really is like a human driven mental health. I don't know what what even you call it, right? But it's, this is a very interesting shift because it has very little to do with economics. 
I totally agree. I'm a licensed psychologist, and I always try and incorporate that into my work, into my book, into my writing. And I think that this is something that we don't often talk about in the workplace. It's it's becoming a little bit more mainstream, which is great. But I think after the pandemic, it has to become even more mainstream because it is part of the conversation. And people are, are not going to just say, wow, okay, we don't have to wear masks anymore and we're vaccinated. So I'm, I'm over the, the losses that I've experienced over the last year, whether that's people or jobs or income or homes. I mean, there's been a lot of trauma mentally over the last year, and that has caused a lot of people to shift their mindset. And once that mindset has been shifted, they're going to pursue goals in, in terms of work in alignment with those new mindsets. So I think, I think as we hear more more and more companies say, oh, it's going to be back to the office as usual, and we're just going to, you know, pick up where we left off. I think that's really unrealistic because there's been a fundamental shift in in every person who's experienced this, and that's going to show up in the workplace. Yeah, and I don't know, since you're a psychology person, you may have this same kind of musing as me is, you know, how long will it last? And there's some part of this that's a little bit I don't want to say unrealistic, but I mean, we all need to make money to be able to buy groceries and pay rent. And I see a little element of this that um, kind of wants to defy that and say, well, I can do whatever I want anyways. And there's nothing bad with that. It's just a strange kind of combo. And I wonder how people will find the balance, right? And I think that's part of what you're talking about with switchers because you are very down to earth and I love that. It's not like, you know, go and chase that dream. It's like go and chase that dream and <laughs> think right. about exactly. you know, the realities of these things. So uh, I don't know, we'll get into that more, but I just find that an interesting piece of this is that when you're faced with the, the trauma, right, oftentimes you have this kind of re born approach and and then after a while you kind of come back a little bit to middle right yeah no it's there's always a regression to the mean that is that is very true but but you're right even in my book switchers I talk about the fact that you really need to try on a new change before deciding it's going to make everything better because the grass isn't always greener. And we know that as as people in the career world, that sometimes any change feels good in the moment. But when you're talking about your career, you really have to assess what are the new challenges going to be and what are the sacrifices that need to be made to make this pivot? Um, How does it align with your values? And, um, you know, even is your current role beyond repair because in some cases it's it's a matter of burnout or maybe it's a it's a you know toxic boss or one thing that that can actually be changed or or um addressed that would make things a lot better so you know what is what is driving that change and where you land up is that going to be ultimately better so i agree i spend a lot of time in switchers helping people understand that um, you know, new is not always better. There, you really have to align what you're looking for and, and then dig into it actually beneath the surface to say, is what I'm targeting going to give me that? Yeah. Well, and this kind of leads us to talk a little bit about what do we think the impacts of these market changes will be, you know, a little bit longer term. What do you see in terms of how... COVID is going to change the job market, if you will, longer term. 
Yeah, I do think that there's some very positive changes coming. I don't think they're going to be quick necessarily, but I do think that they're going to be much more, um, there's going to be much more openness to hybrid working, um, working from home a couple of days a week. It'll be interesting because I think we were already are seeing the fact that that all of these companies who thought they would remain remote are now changing their minds because their culture is built around that that employee engagement and there's so much data out there about you know having a work friend you know increases your your engagement by seven you know seven times or something like that and so so you know they've built these cultures around their their campus or their workplace and they're going to need to learn how to recreate that in a hybrid situation we also know there's data around the fact that people who work from home may you know out of sight out of mind may be overlooked for promotions raises um, prime projects and things of that nature so i think a big step is that leaders are going to have to learn to lead hybrid workforces and people who are employers are going to have to, again, reassess are the, the sacrifices of perhaps moving to a remote role going to satisfy me in my career? Because there's always a trade-off. And I think that's what's going to happen over the next year. People are going to try new things, which is great because a lot of people have that fear of trying new things. And all of a sudden it's, it's become the, the, um, you know, the, the cool thing to do, if you will. And so then people are going to realize that they're not stuck. And that's really exciting as a career coach for people to try things on, figure out what works, figure out what doesn't work and feel like they have options, even if they ultimately decide to go back to the way things were a few years ago, because what they tried was not what they expected. I still think there's a lot of satisfaction that comes from that process. Right, because then you know that the grass isn't greener and you don't sit there wondering and kind of in malcontent um, thinking that the grass might be greener. I've worked with a lot of, well, not a lot, I've worked with quite a few clients where they did the research and they decided to stay where they were, maybe in the same career, but change companies or maybe even in the same company, but they had such a different mindset around that because they had done the exploration. And that's hard for us as career coaches sometimes to realize that sometimes no change is still a success for that client um, because that's what they defined success as. Very much so. And that's something I encourage leaders to do. If your if your employees aren't sure, encourage them to look at other functions in the organization. Encourage them to look outside because in the long run, if an employee is not satisfied where they are um, and, and there's not much that can be changed, it's probably better for them to find where they are going to be most successful and productive. But a lot of people who go through this process often find that what they imagined to be true in another company or in another role isn't, isn't exactly what they thought it would be. So I really do think empowering people to go through that process is, is incredibly helpful to your teams, but also helps you maintain a team that's going to be focused on the mission that you want. Yes, that's hard, isn't it? That's a great tip for leaders, that it's not necessarily a bad thing when someone wants to explore and it doesn't, it doesn't, if you give them opportunity to explore, it doesn't mean that you're uh, trying to get them out of the company. So it's a two-way street there to recognize that there's a lot of benefit to doing that. So we are going to take a short break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about how people can prepare for this market that's unpredictable 
And then what they really need to be aware of when they are going to do switching. And I would say what we've talked about so far is that you really want to assess why. And then as Don was just talking about here, doing some experiments, which I'm sure we'll get back to here in a minute, but changing isn't always the answer. And sometimes that's the hard thing for people to, to realize, but you can still do some research and some experiments to figure out that you might be better where you are, or you might find that switching is a benefit. We're going to take a short break. And when you come back, continue talking with Dr. Don Graham about how you can prepare to be a switcher to be successful in this new economy. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we are talking with Dr. Don Graham about her book, Switchers, and how you can make a career change or shift, or maybe just even explore it, to help yourself know that you are where you need to be. So, Don, we've been talking about kind of what's coming and, and how things are changing and people want to make a change, and you've given us a few little hints around the experimenting and and what to do before you just go jumping into a career change. How can people prepare for this market and to make a change in this market? Yeah. So, um, so I think once you go through that process to figure out what you want to do and ensure that, that it's a market that is hiring and is um, going to be viable for the future, which, which requires research 
on your part, then I think that's really where the book switchers is differentiated because a lot of people look at a traditional job search in the same way they look at a career switch. And quite frankly, the traditional job search that most people are are familiar with, which is applying online and kind of waiting to hear back, doesn't work for most people, even people who aren't switchers. So I think first and foremost, you have to assess how much of a switch you're going to make and then build a strategy around that. So the further you stray from what would be a traditional career path, industry change, function change, or maybe both an industry and function change, the more um, complex your strategy needs to be in order to show hiring managers that you can be the candidate of choice because hiring managers don't like to take risks. They don't want to hire somebody who's an unknown quantity. So it's up to you, the job seeker, to rebrand yourself and take your most relevant skills, which which may or may not be your most impressive skills, remembering the fact that what got you here may not get you there, and show how those relevant skills solve the hiring manager's problems, which requires getting to know your audience and really getting to know yourself very well so that you can highlight those strengths. And it's a little bit uncomfortable because if we're making a switch, it might not be a career that, that we're as familiar with. So, so it makes us feel a little bit vulnerable. And we want to lead with our most impressive things, the things that have helped us before. But making a successful switch requires you to kind of shed some of those things and become the answer to the new problem, not what worked before. Yeah, and that... Um, I always call it translation. People talk about transferable skills. I'm not a huge fan of the term because then people go right away to all the fluffy stuff. But it's really about translating what you've done into what you want to do. And and as you said, that that's not that's not as comfortable. So what are some ways you said that, you know, getting comfortable in your strengths? What are the top three things that someone should do when they're thinking about making a transition? First, I think you have to know your audience. Always, always, no matter what you're doing, whether it's a job search, a presentation, you always have to know your audience. So I think you have to take time to research what's going on in the industry, what's going on even at the team level, and really understand what they're looking to bring into the organization and what problems they're trying to solve. Because at the end of the day, they want somebody who is going to make them look good, get the job done, not need their hand held. And so you have to understand what that looks like. And then second, you have to really assess your skills. And I agree, transferable skills can get a little bit um, messy because people really don't understand what those mean all the time. But I do think it's it's less about the soft skills, which are critical. Let me just say agility and adaptability is going to be the key skill for the future. But it's really about breaking down what you've done and looking at how you can rebuild that in the new function. Because chances are, if you're in, in a recruiting job, Um, and you're looking to be in marketing, there's probably some overlap there. Now, uh, there's going to be some gaps, and I think that's the next step is really you should look at your gaps, know what I call your red flags, which are going to be those areas that the hiring manager is going to be concerned about. And, And we all have them. We all have something because the hiring process is about elimination, not selection when you think about it. You get 250 resumes. You can only interview 10 people. Then you can only bring in maybe two, and you can only hire one. So the, the brain's really looking at this elimination. Who has not enough experience, too much experience, 
the right degree, the wrong degree, whatever it is the job is looking for. So you have to really be ready to address your red flags and show the hiring manager how you um, can overcome them. Because remember, for them, this is a risk. And the more you can reduce that risk, you're going to be much better off. Yeah, you have to draw the connection points for them so that you sound like a fit right away. And that's a that's a skill. <laughs> that's a challenge. That's something that people have to overcome. What would you say, and this comes from our, our colleague, Kate, um, who just bought your book and she's excited to read it. She's somewhat, she's been in the careers industry a little while, but she's kind of moving out of resume writing into doing some more work with people on a little bit deeper level. And so her question was, what do you do to help people get their mindset ready before they're going to make a, a transition? It's such an insightful question. So first off, Kate, I hope you enjoyed the book. I look forward to hearing um, your thoughts on it. But, but secondly, it's such a great point because we really look at our careers as, as integrated with our identity. That's, that's usually after we tell our name, the first question we're asked is where do you work or what do you do or what's your field? And so it becomes so integrated with us that when we're making a switch, as much as we might be excited about that, it's really difficult to drop the labels that we've been using for years, maybe decades, and start introducing ourselves in a new way. But I think that's what we all need to, to practice, whether you're making a switch or not, because so many roles are morphing or becoming hybrid roles, merging with other roles, that titles are really not as descriptive as they used to be. And in some cases, they, they don't even tell the whole story. So you have to really look at introducing yourself by the value you bring to the audience you're targeting. So if you start off by saying, well, I'm an attorney, but I want to do X, you've basically just said, I'm not what you're looking for, but you should look at me anyway. So you really have to scrap that and say, okay, I know I feel, I feel most comfortable identifying as an attorney, but for the new job I'm looking at, these are the skills that are going to be most important. So I need to introduce myself as somebody who can help the organization reduce risk and build policies around, um, you know, employees working from home if you're looking to maybe move into HR, say. So, so it's a little uncomfortable, and um, it's going to be difficult. You're going to want to resist it. You're going to want to hang on to those labels that make you feel most in control, but that's what's going to make you a great switcher is, is letting go of those and re-identifying and rebranding yourself to, to the world as what you solve in the market. Yeah, that is a challenge, that mindset piece, and that people want to hang on to that identity, as you've said, and then that gets in your way when you're trying to connect the dots to the new experience. So that's a great point. Any other points that you would add there? So in terms of in terms of mindset, I think one of the things you want to do is even before you get into this process is start to get comfortable with with this new identity, new identity. Talk to people. I mean, you'll hear this from every career expert about networking, really getting to understand the field, really getting feedback from people who know you as to what your strengths are, what you're known for, what gaps you might have. You have to get really honest with yourself because the fact is that it may be you have a very difficult path to where you want to go. So perhaps you don't go there in one fell swoop. Perhaps 
you do what I call stepping stone careers. You, you maybe change industries first and then you change functions instead of, you know, trying to make one big leap. And you might find on your journey to your ultimate switch that you find something that is even more satisfying as the world changes. Or maybe you're not willing to give up the, the, the salary and compensation you make, and that's going to really hinder you if you're looking to make a big switch. Not in every role, but some. So a stepping stone switch might be a great way to get more of what you want in your job, but not lose that level of compensation you're used to. So I think you really need to be creative. You really need to be open. You really need to get that feedback from people who can help you think differently because this can be an exciting process, um, but often we put up so many roadblocks for ourselves uh, without even realizing it that we make it harder than it needs to be. Yes, that's so true. And we, when you see that big leap, I just wrote this the other day, that people often think, you know, of a leap. I'm going to, you know, look before you leap or whatever it means. And that's just not realistic. When you think about it as a step or I call them bridge, you know, bridge job, bridge, there's a lot of bridge elements that you can do to move from one job to the next. But then it's like, okay, I can build a bridge. I can take a step versus a leap, which sounds cool, but just really isn't realistic for most people that have a mortgage or rent or, you know, the things that people need to do. Go I ahead. totally agree, and and I think and I think it, de- it depends where you are in your career. It certainly depends on your network. The better networked you are, probably the more opportunities you're going to get. So it's a really worthwhile place to invest your time and energy versus the job boards. You know, if you're going to have a finite amount of hours you could spend on your job search, I I highly recommend more of those hours go into meeting people, reconnecting with dormant contacts letting them know what your new goals are, being very specific about how they can help you. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes we make is we, we reach out to people who, who can absolutely help us, but we make it too hard. We say, here are the 50 companies I'm looking at. Who do you know? I mean, that's a lot of work for somebody else to do versus you know, doing your homework and saying, hey, I see you used to work at this company six years ago. Do you still know anyone there? I mean, ask people for things they can actually help you with, and they are thrilled to do it. Yes. Yeah. And that network is another stepping stone or bridge element that can help people make that transition. And so important to to do that. So what, uh, you know, just a few other things here that you would say career switchers need to be aware of as they launch this process. Yeah, I would say one of the pieces of feedback I got when when I was writing the book, my editor said, you know, I was thinking of switching careers, but now that, you know, I've read what steps it takes, I'm not sure if that's right for me. And I think that's a fair assessment. I think we're all different. And again, while we are all coming out of a very difficult year and we just want change and we want things to be more exciting and different, I think it's most important to assess not only yourself and and what you want your life to look like, but also what the market's doing. And that's a part people, people often miss because the market is changing so incredibly rapidly and it's hard for even HR professionals and people in the businesses to keep up with it. So I think 
it's something we're always going to have to think about is how to keep ourselves marketable. How can we reskill or upskill or look at our skills a different way? There was a stat I read that, that right now business skills have about a five-year half-life and things are going to continue to morph and change. So even if you don't want to make a switch right now, chances are the market is going to push you in that direction because your industry changes or it, it goes away or it merges. So really being thoughtful about where do I fit in the market? What skills gaps do I have in comparison to people who are doing the work I want to do? And who can I be meeting every day that will help me to broaden my connections and look at myself differently? Like these are things we're going to have to think about throughout our careers. So I encourage people to be doing that on a regular basis, whether or not this is the year for you to make a switch or it's going to be in the future. So how can people follow you, Don, and get your book, uh, Switchers? Tell them how they can connect with you or, or follow you and get the book. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Please send me a personal message message so I know where you heard me. Uh, You could also follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. And of course, my book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success is available at all booksellers on Amazon and and many others. So I hope um, through your anniversary is coming up. I hope you will take a look at it because I know it will help you look at the job search differently. Yes, excellent. So follow Dr. Don Graham on LinkedIn. And thank you so much for joining us. We're going to take a short break. We're going to say goodbye to Dr. Graham. We will be back here on The Career Confidant in just a few minutes. Thank you so much. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You 
are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Dr. Dawn Graham about Switchers, her new book about how career professionals can make a career change. And as she pointed out, you know, when you're thinking about making a career change, the first step is really to figure out what isn't working where you are now. And Dr. Carl Parker Walsh talked about this last week. Now, this is often the easiest place to start. Thinking about what you do want is a great place to start, but it's the most, most of the time that's harder place for people to start. It's easier to think about what doesn't work, what don't you want, what's not working right now, and to get as clear, and articulate those things as much as possible. If you're not able to articulate what's not working, it may be an indicator that it's not really your career that's not working. Doesn't necessarily mean making a career change wouldn't help, but there may be a deeper look into other life circumstances that might be helpful. So getting a coach to help you walk through those things or seeing a licensed you know, counselor, if you're really struggling with pinpointing anything specific that's wrong in your job, it may be an indicator that it's really not the job and it's just all of the other junk that 2020 and the beginning of 2021 have piled on to us is adding up and the career was the first thing that seemed to be an op- opportunity for change, but it's not easy. And oftentimes we look at it, we think, oh, I could change careers. That's no big deal. I could do something new and that would help me, you know, feel better or I could find a place that values me more. None of those are bad thoughts, but the more specific that you can get around what's not working, then you have better questions to ask the people that you're networking with. You have a better idea of of what you are looking for because once you make that list of things that don't work you can make a list of you know what I do want and then you can start really looking for that opportunity I talk about this all the time um I, I wish I you know could go rewind rewind to the shows we were doing seven years ago where we were talking about this because it was very it was very similar market back then um where some industries were doing really well and some industries were still really struggling. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be a faster search for you to change out of an industry that's struggling into an industry that's doing better unless you can connect the dots between the two. Best case for you, if you're thinking about changing industries, is to stay in a role that's as similar as possible. So if you want to get out of hospitality, if you still happen to be in that or or you're struggling to get a job after being ousted from that industry, um, you know, what is the most similar role that you can stay in? As Don was talking about, that's making the transition easier because instead of trying to make the, the big change in industry and role, you can stay as closely as possible in that role and just be 
you know, kind of quote unquote changing industries, it'll be easier for a hiring manager to take that risk on you. We forget sometimes as an employee to think about it from their side of things. They are taking the risk in hiring someone new. For most businesses, small to medium-sized businesses especially, that's a fairly large risk, right? They're going to uh, spend, on, on average, at least one times your salary in the process of hiring you. When you look at lost wages from people that are joining the hiring committee, if they're paying any kind of service to help them hire, if they're paying to post the job, they're spending a lot of money for that small to medium-sized business to hire someone new. And they may be able to move faster, but they may not be able to move faster because of some of those, uh, you know, perhaps false beliefs, but beliefs that if they do a more, more thorough interview and vetting that they'll have a better chance of finding someone who will, you know, last the, the long haul. In large businesses, you may think, oh, you know, they don't have as much um, skin in the game, if you will. But that depends a little bit on how the process is set up. If I'm in a large business, but I'm a department and my department, I have to manage my own profit and loss kind of like a small business, then I will have just as much angst rolled up into hiring that position and and be just as fearful of hiring someone that's not a good fit. This is why 55 or more, depending on the study you find, 55% of employers prefer a referral because they, again, somewhat erroneously believe that if they get a referral, that person will be a better fit and be more likely to stay a longer time because someone in the organization already knew them and, and would refer them into this role. This is where that power of networking comes in. So when you're thinking about taking a change, making a change, I call them bridge elements. Don was talking about step step jobs, same thing. How can you connect the dots? So you can take a step in the right direction with your job instead of making a larger change in your job. Obviously, you're going to use networking. You can use a test project or a contracting project. Um, You know, today there's even some people calling them returnships, where you are returning to the workplace or returning to an industry that you can get into something like that. You can volunteer depending on the, the type of transition that you're looking to make, especially into the nonprofit world. If you can volunteer, you can get that opportunity to take a step into that new industry, new role, grow your network. Sometimes an education or certificate might be a bridge element. Always careful with that one to do the research and really understand if getting X degree will be marketable to your audience. You have to know who that audience is and and doing a little bit of conversations with them ahead of time can help you identify which of these bridge elements might be a, a possibility, make an impact. And especially if you're thinking about, um, you know, an education bridge element, 
is that going to really make a difference? Is it going to help you get that next role? Because we can embark on some of those learning opportunities and even the free ones. You know, nothing's really free because you're spending your time doing that. Do a little bit of research first to understand if that's going to add value and does it speak to the hiring managers that you're going to be talking with this also helps build your network which is a you know bonus that you're having these conversations you're trying to understand what will help you get into that that type of industry that company that type of role and as you're doing that research you're building your network when we think about making a career transition this is that reality People want to hire someone who's done the role that they're hiring for before. So if I'm hiring for a virtual assistant, for instance, I want to hire somebody who's done that similar type of work before. Um, If I'm hiring, you know, whatever it is, I want to hire someone that's done that type of work before. Better yet, if they've had that title before. And this is our job as career services providers, as job seekers, is to help someone see that we have that work, we've done that work, we've held that role, even if it wasn't the exact title that they're looking for. We've got to spend time crafting our stories to connect the dots. We've got to make sure our language speaks to their language, is their language. That's where the whole translation piece comes in. And we have to be careful about overemphasizing soft skills. Yes, soft skills are important. And and you'll see all the lists that say all these soft skills are the most important thing. And it depends on the job. Most of the time, the the technical skills, which sometimes are soft skills, it just depends on the job, right? But those are the have to have. And then the soft skills are the differentiates the all the people that have have the have-to-have skills. So if I'm hiring for an engineer, I first got to make sure that person has the programming languages I need or you know, the degree that I need if it's a certain engineering position that requires that degree for legal reasons. I have to have those. There's not any wiggle room there. And then... When I find the pool of candidates that has those technical skills, I'm going to look at the soft skills as differentiators. Our job is really to show that we have those hard skills and that we have as much direct experience in as close as context as possible so that we don't leave someone wondering. And when we talk about making larger transitions, So, you know, being out of work for a bit of time or making that role transition, we really have to be thoughtful about the context that we share our skills in, because if it's not appropriate for that person, it just it's hard to make those connections. So let's take a short break. And when we come back and give you some examples of those more challenging transitions that will help you, even if you're not in one of those more challenging transitions, think about how you can connect the dots and really tell your stories in a relevant context. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The 
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we were talking with Dr. Don Graham, author of Switchers, and she was sharing how you can prepare yourself for a switch. And we talked a little bit about, you know, what's going on in the market. Um, and it's really that time of but time of life, I don't know, where you have to pay attention to what's going on in your industry or your target industries because things are changing fairly quickly and they're just kind of unpredictable. So we recommend to all people, all times, that we go to company meetings, that we pay attention to industry publications, that you join and get involved in professional associations, all of those activities that will help you because it's hard to be up on all the things. Don't put it all on your own shoulders. Go to the places where people are already doing that for you and just tap into that. Also can give you an opportunity to network and be a bonus, right? So when we think about this change, oftentimes, um, you know, we make it harder than it needs to be. But let's look at some of the more challenging transitions and some of the lessons that we can take away from them. One of the ones that I help people with a lot is transitioning out of the military into the civilian workforce. And one of the challenges that transition military professionals often have is that they expect the hiring manager to one, know what military things are, and two, to come with an inherent respect for, admiration for um, military service. Of course, we hope for that, and most people will. And when it also comes right down to it, whether they respect it or not, If they don't understand it or we don't connect the dots to tell them how it's relevant, it doesn't matter. If I've been working in the military and I've been 
doing certain tasks and I put those tasks on my resume in military language, it doesn't mean that the reader doesn't appreciate that or, you know, like that people have served in the military because they don't understand those terms or because they can't see how that person would be successful in their business because the terminology is foreign to them. It's our job to translate those stories into a context that the other person can understand. So instead of talking about, you know, guarding officials from attacks, right, very military language, how could we put that into a civilian language? Is it managing a project? Is it, you know, security is it, you know, we just have to think about that language in a way that is still accurate to what we were doing, but puts it in the new employer's context and language. The same thing happens for moms that are trying to transition back into the workforce. Although the data shows that many employers don't think that staying at home to take care of kids is relevant. That's It doesn't really matter if they think it's relevant or not. When we tell the stories in a way that doesn't connect with the employer's context, they can't see you in that job. It was a few years ago, and I don't think people talk about it anymore. But I used to have clients that say, oh, I heard that you should put, you know, household engineer and managed calendars and did this and did that. Well, you might be getting the right language, but if the context is shared in a way that doesn't connect to the work context, it's still going to be nonsensical to them. Even if they have experienced it at home, they're trying to connect your experience to work. So the more that we can tell stories that are similar to a work context, the better off you'll be. Volunteer experiences, even at school, nonprofits are great. What you're looking for is that context that is as similar to the workplace context as possible so that you can tell the stories in a language and a context that connect the dots. So I had a mom that had been the team first aid person for her boys' hockey teams create it, make it sound like a job, take the mom part out of it. And she was a nurse, so it was a relevant context, doing first aid at sporting events. We could tell those stories in a way that shared the right skills and the right language and in the, a similar enough context. That's what we're looking for. And oftentimes we kind of get hung up on the, well, they should think that being a mom is important or they should think that being in the military is important. It's not that they don't think it is. It's that they are trying to connect to the context of what they're hiring for because they want to know that you can do that job because it's their money on the line if they have to hire someone again. That's what they're doing. And the more that we can put our stories in a similar context to what their job is, the easier it is for them to not feel like it's a risk. I'm hiring someone that's never done this job before. No, you're hiring someone who's done that job just in a little different context. And it can't be too far off in the context area or we lose them. 
they, they can't connect the dots. It's not their job to connect the dots, and they have a lot of other candidates that they don't have to connect the dots for. That's where we, that's why it's our job to do that. When you look at these challenging transitions, they really make us stop and realize that there's this happy medium between telling your authentic stories as a candidate and connecting the dots for that employer. The best place to be is a combination of the two. So I've got your authentic stories, like my mom who's you know, doing first aid for hockey teams. She can tell that story. It gives her some personality. She can still connect with the interviewer, especially if they're engaged in any kind of sports or coach their kids or anything, right? But we tell it in a context that they can relate to their workplace. Sometimes we get a little carried away with the, you know, tell your authentic story. That's just you. That's over here, you know, in left field. And the employer's standing over here in right field. And we need to be able to, to bridge the gap and, and meet in a place where it makes sense. We can still be human and have human stories. They just need to be in a context that the employer can grasp and see as relevant. The only way you can determine relevance is to know who your target audience is. That's where you start. If you're fuzzy on why you're leaving, do some work there, get a coach, get a mental health provider, a counselor, because it may not be job related. And once you're sure about why you're leaving and hopefully some of the stuff that you do want, get clear on that target audience. Who are they? What industries? What companies? What roles are you aiming for? Because once you know that, then you can do the translation work and connecting the dots so that you can sound relevant to those employers, even though you're making a transition. Employers are more open than ever per the job vite data that just came out six, eight months ago. Employers are more willing than ever to take someone who's doing a career shift. It's still up to us to connect the dots for them so that they can see how we fit into that role, into that industry, and we can step in and start doing the job tomorrow. When they see us as less of a risk, we have a much better chance at getting that interview. You can build your relationships, do your networking, and you have to translate those stories so that when you tell them on your resume, your LinkedIn profile, or inner interview, they come across as connecting to the people sitting across the screen on the interview or reading your resume. I hope you enjoyed Dr. Don Graham's presentation. Check out her book, Switchers. And if you have other topics you'd like us to cover here on The Career Confidant, love to hear from you. Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com is where you can find me. And you can always find our directory of career services providers also there on careerthoughtleaders.com. We look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. (music) 
Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. Thank you.